0: what's going on everybody this episode of the golf guide podcast is proudly presented by pacific coast golf guide magazine the pacific coast golfer's number one resource for finding out information on every single golf course in california hawaii oregon nevada and washington pacific coast golf guide is a complimentary magazine that you can find at over 12 100 golf courses across the Western United States that, again, gives you information on every single golf course and then also has a couple of really great editorials in each issue about different ways and different destinations that you can enjoy the game. So be sure to pick up a copy of Pacific Coast Golf Guide at a golf course near you. If you live up in the mountains or somewhere where uh, golf courses are usually closed in the wintertime, fear not. Those magazines. will get to those golf courses in the last week of March or the first week of April. So, if you're uh, if if you're just waiting for golf season and you can't wait to get your hands on one, you can go ahead and shoot us say email info@golfguide.net and we'll get you taken care of. So, uh, that's it. This episode, Pacific Coast Golf Guide. Pick one up if you haven't already. Uh, and with that, I got a great episode for you guys this week. I got a couple uh, items of news that I'm gonna get that I'm going to hit, and then uh, I'm going to have back. Uh, the one and only Jess Stemak to talk about a couple of issues, talk about the Honda Classic from this past weekend, a couple of storylines that go along with that in addition to all the crap that's going on between Justin Thomas, the USGA, and just the, the basically a status update on the rules and how they're being implemented and whether or not uh, we could be headed for... Some some sort of a a crisis, as uh, Michael Bamberger from golf.com put it. So, anyway, uh, let's not delay this thing any more than we have to. Let's just jump into it with another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. Yes. All right. Again, welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Kyle Serlo. Very, very delighted to have you back here for another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. Uh, A couple of very interesting news items that I wanted to share with you guys this week. Before we give our friend Jessica. talk about a few issues related to the professional game and the rules and all that kind of stuff like that but uh I wanted to touch on a couple things. First, I may have uh, talked about this briefly, but I just wanted to remind all of you Bay Area golf fans that it was announced that the Olympic Club, the Lake Course at the Olympic Club is going to be hosting the 2025 US Amateur. Um which, you know, despite it being an amateur event and the biggest names in golf not being there, I think in terms of format, the US Amateur is the best golf tournament uh, that the USGA puts on, and also, you know, probably the best tournament, period, given it's the only one smart enough to combine stroke and match play, I still, to this day, do not understand why there is not a major or a massive tournament on tour that does this, it is mind-boggling, hopefully, when they finally get their shit together and they anoint me... Um, the next president of the USGA or PGA Tour commissioner. I will happily take either job. Uh, these are the kinds of things that I'm going to be putting into practice. And uh, you know, for all those Bay Area golf fans and really just West Coast golf fans, um, watching the top amateurs in the world uh, try to get around the lake course at Olympic Club is going to be absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be really fun to watch, and so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, next time in the news we got here, this actually just came across the Newswire a few hours ago. We're recording this on Monday march 4th so you may you know this may have uh been you know a couple days stale if you're uh, not listening to this until later in the week but uh tiger woods just announced that he is having problems with his neck and that he is going to be withdrawing from the arnold palmer invitational um not great news however it is somewhat of a relief that it has nothing to do with the back i know you know this whole thing of tiger woods uh pulling out and and well uh, <laughs> Who knows how often he's pulled out. But anyway, Tiger Woods withdrawing from golf tournaments um, due to physical ailments is something we are unfortunately all too familiar with. Um, but I you know, I do find it encouraging that uh, this has nothing to do with the back. And really, the fact that he, despite the Arnold Palmer Invitational is a place where Tiger Woods has won like eight times, right? If there was ever gonna be a place that he tried to kind of gut it out and knowing that he has a ton of comfort, Uh, with the golf course and the setting and the tournament you would think that this is a place that he may try to test himself out maybe push himself um, a little bit and it's actually kind of nice that he's just saying you know what not going to do it I'm going to make sure that I'm right I I think he just wants to be a hundred percent when the Masters rolls around and you know what I don't blame him and as a golf fan I hope he is at a hundred percent and if it costs him not playing in the Arnold Palmer Invitational to ensure that he's locked and loaded for Augusta uh, in mid-April then so be it. I, I think it's a perfectly worthwhile price to pay. Certainly the patrons and the uh, and, and the spectators that are going to be down at Arnold Palmer's Bay Hill um, are going to be a little disappointed. They're not going to be able to see Tiger Woods play in person, but again, I, I think uh, this is all for the best. He said that he has every intention of trying to make sure um, that he's healthy, not just for the Masters but even the Players' Championship, which now uh, is going to be contested this month in March uh, with all of the PGA Tour schedule changes, obviously with Uh, The PGA Championship moving from August to May. Uh, The Players' Championship moved from May until March. So I think that's still uh, a couple weeks away before the Players' Championship. So let's hope the Tiger is feeling feeling saucy by the time that comes around. So got that little item of news there. Um, And uh, actually a little bit more of a local uh, note um, one of my good friend Chris Durr's favorite golf courses in San Diego, Barona Creek, uh, which I believe is part of the Barona Casino uh, out there in East San Diego, is actually going to be going uh, undergoing uh, kind of a minor restoration here. Um, the architect Todd Eckenrode of Origins Golf Design, um, you may know him from his work. Produced, you know, I think he just redid. Uh, Orinda Country Club, where our good friend, good friend Brett Hockstein, uh, worked with them there. Which, by the way, if you guys have not picked up the new issue of Pacific Coast Golf Guide magazine, Brett wrote an awesome article about Jack Fleming, uh, who, you know, without giving too much of it away, who learned about golf course architecture by working for a man named Mackenzie, and then went on to uh, work with the San Francisco Parks and Recreation Department. And just does a great. He does a great job of just kind of uh sharing the story of this guy that had a massive impact on the golf scene in northern california and beyond and whose origins tie all the way back to mckenzie and his influence on the game it's just really really good so when you do eventually pick up a copy of pacific coast golf guide if you haven't already i really encourage you to read brett's piece it, it was awesome uh, it was so much fun to i mean i found myself learning a whole bunch about golf courses that i had played a dozen times and just didn't really know anything about the gentleman that, uh, that designed it, and so Brett did a bang-up job, so good for you, man. Um, but yeah, Brett has actually worked with Todd Eckenrode several times, and it appears that for the first half of this year, uh, Todd and his team are going to be going in and redoing all of the green complexes as well as the bunkers, uh, the greenside bunkers at Barona Creek in San Diego, which, again, not just from our friend Chris Durr, of the No Gimmies podcast. Uh, I've heard from several people saying that it's one of the finest public access courses in all the San Diego area, so I'm sure that when Todd and his team finish up their work down there, uh, it's not only you know going to be at that same level, I would expect that it's going to be even better. Um, really enjoyed Todd's work uh, down at Quail Lodge down in Monterey. The restoration that he did with his team down there has turned that into one of the Um, one of the most enjoyable kind of resort style courses down in Monterey that's not actually located out uh, in Pebble Beach and on 17 mile drive. Um, Really, really like everything I've ever seen from Todd Eckenrode. So I can only assume that when his team finishes uh, their project at Barona Creek in April, May, June, sometime around then this year, um, it will continue to be a must play for anybody looking for a round of golf in the San Diego area. And, uh, All right, let's jump into it. I was talking a little bit about Tiger being ready for the Masters, so (laughs) I I bring this up because I think it's fascinating. Um, If any of you guys are unfamiliar, for those people that get a chance to go to the Masters, um, you are supposed to get your tickets directly from Augusta National Golf Club. They have a very strict policy that they do not want you reselling tickets to the Masters. Uh, if they find out that you have been selling your tickets either to other people or to third-party sites, they will do their best to track your ass down, and not only revoke those tickets from being <laughs> valid, they will then bar you from attending the Masters, <laughs> like you know, indefinitely. I-, I don't know if it's a lifetime ban. I just know that if they find out that you're selling the tickets that you purchased from them, they are going to ban you from the tournament, and you are just going to be really really bummed out. So, with that all being said, I thought it was kind of curious when I received a email from StubHub this morning. Now, I why I still get StubHub emails, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too lazy to, you know, unsubscribe. I, whatever the reason being, but StubHub decided in all of its uh <laughs> in all of its wisdom to send me an email telling me that I can purchase masters tickets, certified authentic masters tickets from StubHub. And my initial thought was Well, I don't believe that StubHub has an arrangement with Augusta National Golf Club to be able to sell tickets to the Masters on their behalf. So, there must be a bunch of Daryls out there that are actually thinking they can get away with selling their tickets to StubHub. And you know what? StubHub has given it the stamp of approval saying they are authentic, verified, totally not under the table, you know, above board tickets to the Masters. And I thought to myself, huh, well... If uh, if someone like myself were dumb enough to want to go and purchase uh, third party tickets from a site like StubHub or SeatGeek or wh- whatever it is like that, uh, what what is that going to cost me? So on your behalf, I went and did a little bit of research for Masters ticket prices from third party sites, and my goodness, it uh, <laughs> a month and a half away, it is. Uh, let's just say it's not going to be cheap to attend the Masters. Now, I, I would like to preface this by saying. All the tickets that you can buy to the Masters, if you're doing it the way you're supposed to when you're purchasing them directly from Augusta National Golf Club, you put your name in, all of your information, and then it goes to a raffle, basically, where they just draw so many names. If your name gets picked, you get you know, the Masters tickets. If it doesn't get picked, well, better luck next year. Um, I have applied for Masters tickets the last couple of years. I have been unsuccessful. Granted, maybe one of these years I'll just apply for a media credential. That might make it a little easier, but... That being said, I would love to go as a fan, just so I don't have any obligation to cover it. Uh, I just want to be a fan. I just want to go, you know, eat ice cream sandwiches, eat pimento cheese sandwiches, uh, drink delicious, delicious, fairly priced beer, beer um, you know, barbecue sandwiches. I mean, the whole Augusta experience. What's so crazy is that the tickets themselves aren't that expensive, and the concessions, as you all know, are wildly inexpensive. And I, if I remember correctly, for a single day ticket. For like the practice rounds, I think they were selling them for somewhere like the seventy-five dollars a day to maybe a hundred dollars a day. Don't 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 quote me on that. This is you know I, I applied for these master's tickets like five or six months ago, um, and people just started to get their tickets in the mail of the last month. So uh, you know, pardon me if those figures are a little bit off. But w- what I'm trying to tell you is that they're not that expensive. Um, you know, seventy-five to hundred dollars a day for practice rounds, and maybe like hundred and twenty-five dollars a day for the actual rounds, and somewhere around like four or five hundred bucks for a weekly badge, right? So, totally not out of character and really pretty reasonable considering it's a major championship at perhaps the most famous venue in all of golf. So, with that being said, it uh, I found the prices on StubHub and SeatGeek, those are the two websites that I checked out, to be a bit staggering. So, on StubHub, they only get you two options. You can either buy a ticket to the Monday, oops, excuse me, I'm drinking a... A delicious sierra nevada fresh hop ipa right now i've got a little bit of a uh, little bit of carbonation in my system which by the way if you guys have not tried this fresh hop ipa by sierra nevada it is fantastic uh, i think between their their torpedo and um even like the the hazy little thing which has been really popular this one is excellent it uh I, I wouldn't put it quite up at the level of like a blind pig from russian river but it's a fresh hop ipa that is really fantastic i, I would highly recommend it to anybody looking for a good new ipa to drink okay uh rant over um when I was looking at StubHub, the prices <laughs> for the Monday practice round, so just Monday for a practice round, you were going to have to pony up $525 for a single day of practice round, uh, for a single practice round day on Monday, right? The earliest day you could possibly get in the gates. The first round of the Masters is still several days away, and you still have to pay over 500 bucks to get your feet in the door. All right. If you want a weekly badge from StubHub, well, lucky for you that is only going to cost you a modest 12,000 dollars. Yeah, $12,000 on StubHub right now uh for a weekly pass. Now, SeatGeek uh which has done a much more aggressive job of advertising on podcasts, although let's be honest SeatGeek you're you're not currently advertising on this podcast. So let this free uh, little promo be your invitation to to contact me at info@golfguide.net and uh, we'll we'll get you squared away with uh With uh, promos for SeatGeek. But anyway, on SeatGeek, for that same Monday practice round, you can save... Oh, wait, no. You can pay an extra $30. (laughs) Uh, $552 for a uh, Monday practice round ticket. That jumps to $846 for a Tuesday practice round ticket. And wait, for a single-day ticket for a practice round to the Masters, Wednesday. Now, granted, you get to watch the Par 3 competition... And you get to watch uh, the practice on a Wednesday, which I have heard from several sources that if you are going to attend the Masters any day of Masters week, that Wednesday might just be the best, even though there's not actual, you know, golf being played in terms of the tournament. um, They say it's the best time to be able to just check out the golf course. You get to see the par three competition, obviously. And if you're just kind of a golf architecture nerd and you just really want to check out Augusta and the property that it's the day where the fewest pros are playing in the afternoons. So you can really just kind of have the golf course to yourself and check it out. And so if you don't have a master's ticket from Augusta National, you are only going to have to pony up $1,443 to SeatGeek in order to be able to uh, walk the grounds of Augusta National Golf Club on Wednesday. So that is fabulous. Uh, and then for actual competition for Thursday through Sunday, well... On SeatGeek, uh, just anywhere between two to four thousand dollars will get a single, single human uh, entrance and access to the tournaments, and then a weekly pass on SeatGeek uh, for Augusta and the Masters is just a modest seven thousand four hundred dollars. It's like almost five grand less than on StubHub, so uh, there might be something going on. Uh, all this to say is that is crazy. Uh, the prices are fucking wild, especially for, <laughs> um, something that I'm pretty sure is not supposed to be happening according to the tournament host. So I thought that was very, very fascinating. If you're considering going to the masters this year, but you were not lucky enough to be selected from the raffle of, uh, from Augusta national, you know, all you got to have is a shitload of money, which is, uh, which is great. And, uh, Oh, b- by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this, but if you wanted to get an Airbnb, uh, at Augusta. Or near Augusta or within an hour and a half drive of Augusta National Golf Club, you're only going to be, have to be paying like two or $3,000 a night if there's still any available. So, whew, man, I would love to go to the Masters one day, but holy crap, my magazine and my podcast are going to have to start being wildly more successful if that is going to be something that is going to happen. So, uh, anyway, with that all being said, uh, the last item of news I wanted to touch on before we give our friend Jess a call is uh, something I saw stumble across the newswire, which is really fantastic. This was uh, something I noticed on golf.com. The author Kevin Cunningham uh, writes in where the headline is, quote, men busted smuggling $40 million worth of methamphetamines in golf cart batteries. Yes, you heard that correctly. Um, Apparently the names were just named, but earlier this year, uh, two gentlemen were caught Uh, importing $39 million, that is U.S. dollars, of crystal meth into New Zealand. How did they do it? They tried to import three separate golf carts, three six-seater golf carts. And wait a second, what happened? They're going through customs. Something looked a little odd. They opened up the seats to take a look at where the golf cart batteries were. Something about the golf cart batteries didn't look quite right. They pull them open, filled with crystal meth. And not just a little bit of crystal meth, we're talking $39 million worth of crystal meth trying, attempting to be smuggled in New Zealand via golf cart batteries. Uh, if, if that isn't one of the just the most phenomenal golf headlines you've heard this week, you must be reading golf on news sources that I do not know about because that is absolutely fantastic so with that all being said let's go ahead and uh give us like, a brief pause we'll come back here with jess as we talk a little bit of honda classic keith mitchell justin thomas uh adam schneck all, all that kind of good stuff coming up here on the golf guide podcast all right on the line i have none other than my favorite high school men's golf coach he's back for a little double dip mr jess Stemac how are you sir
1: Hello, friends. <laughs> Hello, I'm um, well, um,
0: well, Kyle. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I, I mean, I, I might as well just blow it right before we hit the record button. There, you, you were just saying that we just have an immense amount of stuff to cover here, and uh, I saved pretty much what, what I consider to be some of the juiciest details in golf news this week just for you, my friend. The only, the only thing I couldn't wait uh, for you on that I that I hit in the first half of the podcast was: uh, Have you heard this story about these two gentlemen that were caught smuggling forty million dollars of crystal meth? into new zealand hiding in uh golf cart batteries have Have you heard anything about this yet
1: i think i think i scrolled past it uh <laughs> yeah that's that's they probably should have went back to school yeah
0: i mean I, they had to like wait a, apparently they had to wait a couple of months for their court date because these gentlemen didn't speak any english who who thought <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely classic oh, that's what bad. we we got it. We got to no. know. I mean,
1: are we talking Yamaha? Are we talking EZO? What are we? You know, did, I, we, did we find out? I think
0: these were they, they, first of all, they were six-seaters. All right, so they weren't just even your yeah. standard golf cart. These these are six-seaters. So these things are running on multiple batteries, and these the customs. So these you know, are, yeah, these these are high-performance machines. We're we
1: talking possible transport cart oh. at, at at premier clubs. This is this uh, is top
0: of the line club cart stuff we're talking about here, brother.
1: Boy, this this could have went all the way to the top of the uh, you know a little, little string of premier clubs here in the states. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it's phenomenal. But anyway, without getting into too much crystal meth and golf cart news, I'll, I'll just jump right into it. <laughs> you you actually uh, texted me with a couple uh, couple notes over the weekend. I was like, dude, I just it'd be so awesome to just, ha- just have you back on the podcast to run over a couple things. So between Keith Mitchell winning, our boy Crunchy Pete, JT versus the USGA, Adam what where, where do you want to start, my friend?
1: I think that let's start with the Justin and the, the USGA. Okay, he's got to. Uh, they're both. I think both a little bit at fault. Um, probably more so USGA for coming after him. Uh, you know, it's the, the tweets saying, you know we we need to talk. You've canceled appointments and that. And you know, I, I see Justin. You know, I was I played three weeks in a row, and you're busy, man. You have. You have other commitments off the golf course, sponsor-wise. You could be doing signings. You could be doing a clinics for, for youth on golf or, you know, PGA Junior League. There's – oh, you're getting pulled a ton of different directions during the tournament weeks, and you obviously have a formula that works for you, and you, you try to stick to it. I mean, these guys are unbelievably meticulous. For to the, for the USGA to say, hey, you know, you've canceled on a couple of points that's the, – they are – that's a little bit of, I, I think they're probably regretting that. And Justin is probably being a little bit more cavalier than he needs to be. Um, I mean, it's it's not that big a deal. Getting to the ruling with Shank, which is kind of what Justin was defending, mm-hmm. I 100%, that was a terrible ruling. <laughs> he had nowhere to go. Anyone who's been in that position, let alone on TV and playing for that much money and his livelihood. There's no way he he had already backed himself into that stance. He was not coming out of there. Right. There's a chance of bringing some sand with him towards the ball, moving the ball. No, he was locked in. His caddy was so far. He was not lining him up when his caddy was there. They were still talking strategy. Mm-hmm. He, they weren't talking lines. They were even as as the caddy walked away. You saw Shank look out to the right and then back down to the left. And it's not like you went immediately. Yeah, in hindsight, his caddy could have been like, hey, don't back off. At least come up out of your posture. Let's talk about this. Is this what you like? Ten feet to the right, it would have been perfect. But mm-hmm. they thought nothing of it. It's not like these guys aren't privy to the new rule changes. They know. Yeah. But that's a little bit, you know, of a subjective ruling. It was a horrible ruling. i I have to agree
0: honestly what I think is crazy is that like before this new rule change like I wasn't even aware that it was legal, legal or like not allowed for a caddy to line you up before I mean obviously with the new rule change it's become abundantly clear that they can't but like for the past like 10-12 years have caddies been lining up their players and all their different shots around the golf course and I just haven't noticed more so on the l t j Tour huh. uh,
1: you don't see it very often on the PGA Tour right um, but you know, you used to see caddies on the LPG State staying there just about as long as they can to the point where they're only getting three steps off the line and then real quickly standing still. And their players are so used to it that it doesn't bother them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's never really been that big of an issue on the PGA Tour. And then you get the guys like tweeting, live tweeting the PGA Tour rules officials, hey, Crunchy Pete is using some sort of... A, it's a compass. <laughs> you, can use a, you can use a compass. Like, it's just... Uh, it's uh, crunchy dude crunchy Okay, hold
0: on. before we jump into the wonderment that is our boy crunchy pete I I, I want to just hit uh, <laughs> one more like uh, rules thing here with you because uh, Michael Bamberger yep. on golf.com uh, came out with an article I think this morning or yesterday basically wondering like is golf on the brink of possibly like on the verge of like a rules crisis like with this whole thing with Adam Schneck or Adam Schneck and then, like, JT and like all this kind of stuff like that. With And obviously, we had Ricky Fowler, you know, doing his little mock, like, you know, taking a shit, like, you know, drop because it's from knee height and everything like that. Yeah. Do, do you think that so far, we're like, what, two months into this thing, that golf has the, I don't know, is there a possibility that this could get even worse before it gets any better? Or do you think this is, like, the culmination? This is, you know, it's basically they're just reacting this way because it's new and they're not used to it. And then a year from now, it'll seem totally normal. Like, or is this actually seem like some of the rules changes are kind of whack and could be problematic going forward?
1: I, you know, going forward, it's tough to say. Um, But I, 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 you know, one of my favorite analysts, David Duvall, last night on, on golf central brought up a great point. He's like, you know, we're turning the corner right into the players and we're still talking about these rules. Yeah, uh, you know that's that's not that's not. It, 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 I think you said it's a, you know it's a bad book, uh, basically.
0: It's definitely, uh, a bad and look. I agree.
1: I mean, it's it. There shouldn't be that. <laughs> he should have been like, okay, don't sign your scorecard. I've got video of this. I'm going to go confer with Slugger because I don't. I don't think Slugger makes that call. <laughs> if he goes and confers with like John Brandel and Slugger White. And it's like guys I mean, I know it's an. they would have been like, No. Look at look at that stance he had to create. That is that is he is not in violation of the rule there's so much time that passed right between his caddy meeting behind him and him actually pulling the trigger. That was I think yeah, I, I hope they I, I hope that they really nip in the butt because we shouldn't be talking about it that no. much, Kyle. You know what I mean?
0: No, ex- exactly. We should,
1: we, it, the airtime should not be devoted. Believe me, David Duvall does not want to talk about that. He wants to talk about Keith Mitchell in four out of his last seven to hold off Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler. Which
0: is amazing, by the way. Like it, really is like it really is pretty shitty that Keith Mitchell's first career victory is being completely overshadowed. By basically a bitch fit between like Justin Thomas and the USGA and all the other kind of crap going on, it is like Keith Mitchell was a, just a stone cold savage yesterday. And that it's...
1: was that was like you said, the guy was just he was dialed in and he missed a couple short putts earlier in the week, and the guy had a, he showed a ton of resolve on that. I mean, that's not easy back nine. You score on your front nine on the course, except for eighteen, but that was that was a great finish. I think he actually he hit the wedge shot too good. I didn't see anything even come close to stopping that quickly. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're, you're, that you're... was, Oh, it <sighs> was fun to watch. And even the look on Ricky's face afterwards. I mean, he's thinking with Brett Kepka and, and Ricky posted, he's not thinking he gets that up and down. No, and he did. And his reaction was great. And I, you know, they, they've kind of been talking about this guy. He was real steady last year. He never, never really won on any professional level. that's worth mentioning. Sure. So, they were kind of like, okay, you know, he'll be close a bunch, and then finally, some guys might kind of fall, but you know, it might fall into his lap. But he flat out went it, took it from Ricky and Brooks yesterday. That was
0: awesome. Which is crazy, man, for a guy that's never won. Because I think you were right. I believe last year was his first year, kind of full time on the PGA Tour after he qualified yep. in like the Web.com Finals in 2017. I think he did have like yep. a handful. Did he have a handful of top tens, like three or four top tens last year? he's steady. Oh yeah, yeah. No, okay, for like, sure. I mean, I'm, not,
1: I'm not looking I'm not looking at the stats but I don't know if it was multiple top 10s but it was a ton
0: of top 25s. Sure. Okay. So he's obviously like pretty steady and uh yeah. it's just so crazy man for just to actually see those names in the leaderboard. The guys the leaders in the clubhouse being the three-time major champion and Ricky Fowler. Like what, what is yeah. what is going through his mind as he was about to hit that wedge shot knowing he has to get up and down to win the tournament and he at least has to get in in three to force a playoff. The fact that he actually just, like you said, hits almost too perfect of a wedge and then cans a fifteen footer, like the absolute stones on Keith Mitchell was really impressive to watch. Like, I, the, granted, like the little fidgety kind of motion that he does before he hits the golf ball, it mm-hmm. is not like my favorite thing. But dude, I, I just can't, I, I can't not him. be wildly impressed by just the absolute balls that guy showed in winning that golf tournament. It was really incredible. Oh, it
1: was great. That was a great leaderboard. Um, Lucas Glover, good finish. VJ hanging in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of felt bad for Wyndham Clark. What a stupid play! right that three wood through the knife on eighteen. Probably cost him a couple hundred grand or a hundred grand. But uh, he was he was trying to you know he was trying to to get to seven or maybe even eight. But uh, it was a good. Without a few of the big names, you couldn't ask for a better finish on Sunday. I'm sure the people on honor were really pleased.
0: Absolutely. And you know so, so while we're talking about Keith Mitchell here, let let's let's just finally get to the one. The one news item that we've both been just just yearning to discuss here, and that, of course, is your boy Crunchy Pete. I mean, why I did not know of Crunchy Pete's existence until like yesterday is baffling. Could, could you take, for anybody not familiar out there with who Crunch Man Pete is, would, would you mind sharing who this, this gem of a human is?
1: So he's Keith Mitchell's caddy, and he is just an absolute character. I'm on twitter.com right now it's this <laughs> new website and some of his tweets are just absolutely beautiful <laughs> so just out of nowhere
0: and this is from a blogging guy, expert Mark, this is high praise
1: this is good he I appreciate his style because he kind of bounces around like me when I go on my tangents <laughs> and he kind of just leaves you with a taste in your mouth like what, what happened and <laughs> so this guy Mark Kabat tweets to him do you fight? large mountain lions as well a man needs to be able to defend himself and crunchy pete responds with i don't pick fights mark i finish them <laughs> uh, i mean that that is i mean while i appreciate the gesture of at pga tour giving me health insurance typing, i assure you that won't be necessary yeah, i've so- never had i've never had as much as a hangnail i cleanse my body uh, drinking from natural springs and hanging upside down from tree limbs. Dude. I mean.
0: He's incredible. The thing is, I'm like, I'm thirsting for more Crunchy Pete knowledge. Like, I want more information on this guy. And I feel like I only really have what uh, this this website you're referring to, twitter.com, that you're referring to. Because, like, isn't his, uh, I th- okay, I, I'm pulling it up here right now. His Twitter bio is Caddy version of Bear Grills, organic everything, Bought my car slash house for $100. I only shower under waterfalls. Current location. I, I mean. My Jeep Liberty. I mean.
1: <laughs> it's, it's it's so great. Uh, you know, he goes, a great thing about having long hair is how versatile it can be. I have three different styles, middle part, left part, and right part. The middle is for running or wearing a hat, a.k.a. I, exercise
0: peak aerodynamics that makes sense yep
1: left is for road trip cruising aka windows down pete uh-huh and the right part is for dates aka formal pete <laughs> what, what I, kind? and then you know <laughs> right before that was i guess i should uh open a bank account Yeah, <laughs> because someone did the math for him <laughs> and apparently he's getting one hundred and twenty-two thousand four hundred buckaroos.
0: That I mean, that's it. What is just came up on six figures, Pete? Like, wh- where is the part in his hair for all of a sudden I'm um, flush with buckaroos, Pete? i that, that that's Boy, what I want to know. I'm seeing,
1: I'm seeing a lot of smiles here in his recent photos. <laughs> uh, someone goes, so this was in June, probably after Keith had a good day. Happy day for Pete, but aren't all days happy for Pete? And he replied, "Yep, always feel like I could reach into a garbage can and pull out a rainbow." You can't <laughs> teach that, Kyle. That you're either born with that intuition and outlook, or you are. I'm sorry.
0: You know it's, what's <laughs> you know what's really awesome? When you uh, we were texting today. I actually went to, uh, this, again, this, not to reference this website, I don't know if anybody else heard of it, but this twitter.com website, and I, I started to follow Crunchy Pete, and he had like (laughs) 10,500 followers, and then now I'm I'm looking at it again, he's just about to hit 12,000, I, I'll bet you that Crunchy Pete has like more than doubled his Twitter following in the last 24 hours, and I believe he has actually eclipsed Keith Mitchell in Twitter follows since the victory yesterday, I mean, this guy is an absolute legend, We, we, I think you already said that he's probably the toughest phone call to get in all of golf media right now. But I I feel like Crunchy Pete or our our man Crunchman Pete would just be a a phenomenal interview. I I cannot wait for the person that finally gets to sit down with Crunchy Pete. It's going to be phenomenal.
1: I I gotta believe. I gotta believe that he's probably just been going through burner cell phones. You know, I don't think he's had this. He's probably just been. You know, does he even have a cell phone? But, uh, we gotta find out, um, and probably another one of my favorites here. I had steak last night at Hall Greenville. I have steak five times a year, sometimes eight.
0: <laughs> Some, I mean, I, <laughs> five and eight are both great numbers. I, I mean, he's the guy is obviously treating his body like a goddamn temple. I mean, he do, he doesn't want, you know he he's drinking from spring waterfalls. He very very much limits his red meat intake. I mean, he he is trying to put himself into peak performance conditions so Keith Mitchell can be at his best week in and week out.
1: (laughs) So, this is from March 21st, 2017. This is obviously when Keith is on the web.com. He takes a picture and says, Little Fog, shouldn't cause any problems today. Learned all the tricks of the trade when I hiked the Appalachian Trail. (laughs) Uh, I mean...
0: I mean, to be fair, now that, you, now that he said that, and then after the uh, the Greenville uh, the line that you were given to me, something tells me that Crunchy Pete may be a man of the Appalachian Mountains. That, that something about his appearance and, and the way he conducts himself thinks he might be an Appalachian man. Does it, do, do you think I'm off where base is it, here?
1: Where does it say he's? It, it, it doesn't say where he's from, no, but there's, it, I mean...
0: It says his current location or where he's from is his Jeep Liberty.
1: <laughs> I I... I <laughs> I mean, there's a very good – So there's this school in the Appalachian Mountains called Appalachian State. It's in Boone, mm-hmm. North Carolina.
0: I still I have still fond uh, memories of when I'm beating Michigan in the big house, like in my freshman or sophomore year of college. Uh, it was fantastic.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, our good buddy David Thomas played golf there for four years. <laughs> and I think, I think there was – now that I'm looking at the beard and the long blonde hair that it was at one point brown – I might have seen this guy on campus a couple of times. <laughs> um, it, it's it's entirely this, possible. This is good stuff here. Oh, I'm this, really excited. Oh, this is phenomenal. This is, it, I mean, this was like a nice little Monday morning, just Sunday evening. Let's start the week with Crunchy Pete. This is, this is some really good stuff.
0: Honestly, Crunchy Pete has actually saved my golf sanity because if not, I would have to keep on thinking about... This whole feud and all the rules and stuff like that. Crunchy Pete has actually brought a level of normality and yet just wonderment to uh, to the world of professional golf, which I, I I just cannot appreciate enough. It's it's just fucking fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, he's 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 doing a lot better job than Justin Thomas in the USGA right yeah, now. Yeah.
0: He definitely knows how to use Twitter better. That 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 much is clear. <laughs> very clear oh which is amazing all right uh boat i'm trying to think anything else uh we, we pretty much hit all the stuff uh, i got keith mitchell i got crunchy pete i got adam schneck i got JT the usga any uh any other things you want to hit on before i uh I let you get back on with your evening
1: not much man uh get out there and golf in between the reins and we'll talk to you soon and hopefully do another full podcast
0: awesome uh thank you again to jess for uh coming on and uh, spending uh, a few minutes with us here on the podcast. Always great to hear uh, Boat's perspective on things. And uh, I I appreciate you guys for listening to today's podcast. If uh, uh, you like what we do here, um, the only thing I might ask of you is that uh, if you really want to support uh, the Golf Guide podcast, you can leave us a review on iTunes. It's always very helpful when when you can do that. Uh, And other than that, I got nothing else for you guys. I hope you have a great week uh i hope you guys enjoy i know it's supposed to be pretty crappy weather-wise uh, around northern california this week it's gonna be a lot of rain but uh even so maybe you know maybe something's not too wet out there you can get out and play yourself a little golf i know i'm certainly gonna try to do that and uh might even try to squeeze it around in monterey this weekend who knows so uh until next week i hope you guys all have a wonderful wonderful week and uh adios we'll catch you next time